0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the latest post-game edition of Head of the Pack. I'm Matt Schneidman here with Bill Huber. We're coming to you live from the Lambeau Field Press Box after a 28-22 Vikings win over the Packers at home. I did not think I'd be saying that. Uh, when we talked earlier this week and said we'd be talking to you after this game. Really just a poor, poor showing by the Packers' run defense. And listen, the Packers' run defense hadn't been bad the first six games. 12th in the league in rushing yards allowed per game with 110. But today was like deja vu. They reverted back to their old ways. And and Bill, is this concerning to you? Or I should say, how concerning was today to you? LeFleur seemed really concerned, didn't he? He did, yeah.
2: I mean, there's been days where they haven't done well in this or that, and it's like, well, we'll we'll fix it. We'll go back and look at it. But he seemed really aggravated today. So if the coach is aggravated, I think that really speaks volumes. I mean, they, they were terrible. Um, and like he said to us, it's a windy day. Everybody knows they're going to run the football. And they had no answers for Delvin Cook whatsoever. So I think it's a huge problem. Obviously, they got the Niners coming up on Thursday night, and that just kind of compounds things.
0: Yeah, I thought it was interesting listening to Lafleur talk after the game today because multiple times he said, we knew exactly what they were going to do, and we still couldn't stop them. He said, we knew we needed to stop the run, and we didn't do that. He said, and this was the exact phrasing he used, the book has been written on us. Meaning, you guys know what this means. Teams know they can just run all over the Packers. And and granted, they've... Played well against a Ty Gurley, um, a Zeke Elliott last year. They played well against some good running backs, but more often than not, it's guys like Ronald Jones, guys like Dalvin Cook who just run all over them and totally dominate a game. I, I wrote this in my story, but the Vikings literally could have put on the Lambeau Field Jumbotron. We're running the ball with Dalvin Cook, and Mike <laughs> Pettin wouldn't, wouldn't have been able to stop it. Um, Cook's numbers were absurd. 30 carries for 163 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. All three of the Vikings opening, well, for their first three drives resulted in Cook rushing touchdowns. And the fourth, on third down, they dump off a little screen to him and he runs it 50 yards to the house. Bill, is this a coaching issue, a personnel issue, something else, or a mixture of everything?
2: I thought it was been coaching because, you know, and Pettin told us last year, what, what did he say? It's, it's faster to get to Miami through through the air than it is, you know, <laughs> through, than by driving. Yeah. I mean, it was a funny line, but his, his point was good where you lose games a lot faster by giving up 20-yard passing plays and 5- and 10-yard running plays. So he's run so much dime defense over the over his tenure, basically giving away some runs, figuring they'd eventually get a stop and they'd make him pass. They didn't do a lot of that today, did they, Matt? I mean, they, they, it was a lot of base defense, a lot of base defense. And if you can't stop a team's running game with your base group out there, um, that just yells personality. And look, Chris Barnes is a nice story. Kamal Martin might be a good player in time, but Kamal Martin's a fifth round pick. Chris Barnes is undrafted. Tyler Lancaster is undrafted. Kiki's a fifth round pick. Um, they got a whole bunch of
0: late round undrafted guys and. Guys are late, rounded and undrafted for a reason. And I'm looking at my phone because I'm following this, these updates from the 49ers game. So Jimmy Garoppolo limped off. Tevin Coleman is out for the game. And Raheem Mostert is already on IR. And George Kittle just left the field and is questionable to return with an ankle wow. injury. So, like, the Packers might be playing the C team on Thursday night. But g- going back to your point, I think this game today gave me deja vu from the NFC Championship game last year because you have a quarterback who's so interception-prone. Jimmy Garoppolo threw 13 picks last regular season. That's up in the top half of the league in terms of throwing picks, Not, not, not a good top half. And the Packers only made him throw eight passes, completed six of them for 77 yards. Entering today, Kirk Cousins tied for the league lead with 10 interceptions in six games. He threw 14 passes, completed 11 for 160 yards and a touchdown, 50 of those yards and that touchdown came on the screen to Cook when Cook did all the work. So Lafleur noted that too. He said, you know, especially with the wind, the Vikings made Aaron Rodgers throw the ball. Granted, that's the Packers' strength, and the Vikings' strength is running the ball, but the Packers did nothing to make the Vikings uncomfortable on offense. The the wind was a factor, and instead of making Cousins throw the ball, they just ran it. And Petten's insistence on playing... I'd have to watch the film back, look at the numbers, but his insistence on playing extra defensive backs is mind-boggling, really. 34
2: runs and 15 passes slash sacks. I mean, good. Like, like you said, they, they could have just gone to the line of scrimmage and Cousins could have gone, hey, purple for 54 we're running it off left tackle, and they could have gained six yards. That could have been his cadence and it would have been amazing. Um, they have just got so many problems. And again, I hate to get into overreaction Sunday here, but um, there, there are holes I mean, Cook comes out this after halftime. Look, we made all these great adjustments after halftime, right, Matt? And he runs out for 37 yards on the first play. So you got that. There are times when they actually had him bottled up and he just breaks tackles. It is just a comedy of errors. I don't I don't know how you fix it, um, especially on a short week, but I don't know that there's any defensive lineman available at the trade that's going to help you out. I don't know that Kirksey coming back is going to help mm-hmm. you I don't. I don't know where they go other than they, they just got to gotta man up to go in the to go, to go barroom talk. I mean, I really, I have nothing else to, to say that they can, nothing else to suggest. They
0: really do. And I wrote this in my story tonight. Like, Brian Gutekunst said five days after they got massacred by the 49ers in the NFC Championship game that he has full confidence in his defensive linemen. And he wasn't kidding. He did not make a move on the defensive line. He's banking on Kingsley Kiki, Tyler Lancaster, Dean Lowry, Montrevious Adams to make big jumps alongside Kenny Clark. And yeah, he made a couple moves at inside linebacker in signing Kirksey, drafting Martin, um, who I think is going to be a really good player, but what do I know? And then signing Chris Barnes in in free agency after the draft. And there are some good things there. You know, they're not going to be a Devin White and Levante David, but uh Kamal Martin is a quick powerful player to use some clichés and he made a couple nice plays today that I don't know if Packer fans have seen those from middle linebackers in a while so I'll, right. I'll hold out some hope for Kamal Martin but it's just a severe lapse in judgment to not at least upgrade the defensive line and just bank that you're going to get uh, these these massive jumps from these guys who have given you no reason to believe that and You know, you're going to keep getting exposed like this if you do that. And that's what LaFleur said. He said, if we don't change anything, this is going to keep happening.
1: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
0: And I want to use that to transition into our next talking point. And this is big this week, the trade deadline. Trade deadline's Tuesday, also election day. That's obviously more important, get out and vote. But what do you think the Packers should do the trade deadline, and what do you think they will do? Because those are two completely different things,
2: they are, and that, that's a lot of the, the, the Twitter mailbag here, too. Is there's a lot of trade deadline stuff. Um, I don't think they'll do anything because I don't think they have the financial resources to get anything done. Um, you know, I'll, I'll let you talk about Will Fuller because that was the athletic report that kind of set that off. So I'll let you talk about Will Fuller, the, the receiver. Um, I will say they do nothing, but I would go get a receiver, and I, I, I don't know that there's any – look, there, there aren't many good D linemen in the league. It's a, it's a pretty poor position. Right. Um, there's a reason why Gutekunst didn't draft any. It was a terrible draft. I mean, if you could get one, um, I certainly would. But, I mean, those guys just don't grow on trees, and, and the guys who are good generally cost a lot of money. So that gets back, now I'm just coming back full circle for a team with no cap space for now and no cap space this for uh, next year. I don't know how they find the money to make a relevant move.
0: That's a good point. And I think everyone's so caught up in, oh, this team needs a wide receiver. And I think they do because, Mm -hmm. yeah, MVS and EQ each had a nice catch, but you cannot rely on those guys if you want to get to the Super Bowl. And especially with how bad your defense is, more often than not, the Packers' best formula for getting as far as they can this year is to just outscore teams. And Devontae Adams, I think you can make a reasonable case he's the best wide receiver in football. He's just... An absurd player, had three more touchdown catches today, now tied for the league lead with seven, and he's only played four and three-quarters games this year. So his route running, his hands, unbelievable. But teams can realistically double-team him, and on the off chance Devontae doesn't get open if he's one-on-one with a guy, which doesn't happen often, MVS and EQ can't. And yes, I understand that wide receivers aren't the only pass catchers. You have Tanyan, who had a couple nice catches today. Uh, Aaron Jones should be coming back soon. Jamal can catch the ball well. Alan Lazard should be coming back soon. But you shouldn't be comfortable with just having enough. You see teams like the Seahawks going out and getting Carlos Dunlap for their defensive line. You see all the talent the Saints have. You see the Buccaneers going out and getting Antonio Brown. It's an arms race here in the NFC, and you have to do more. You can't just be content with what you have. So whether it's Will Fuller, whether it's, you know, I I haven't even, I I can't even fathom the Packers adding a defensive lineman because if they didn't yet, they're not going to at the trade deadline. What they should do is add a defensive lineman and trade for Will Fuller. They have 10 picks in the draft. They can give up on some of them. This might be the last year Aaron Rodgers is on the team. You need to go for it all this year.
2: Yeah, good points there, Matt. First of all, to the draft picks, they they do have the two fourth round comp picks from
0: Balaga from Martinez and Martinez and yeah. Balaga,
2: So you do have some ammunition there. And you're right. Everyone says that the best defense or the best offense is a good defense. Have baloney. The best for the Packers, the best defense is a good offense. Exactly. If you score a million points, then you can't run Dalvin Cook thirty times. You force Kirk. I mean, look, it turns into Week One, where they first, where they first, where they forced Kirk Cousins to throw the football. And that plays into a defense. Say what you want about the way Gutekunst built this defense. But Zadarius Smith rushes the passer. Preston Smith rushes the passer. Jair Alexander and Kevin King cover. You got to force those teams to throw the football because that's where your strength on defense is. And you do that by exactly what you said, by outscoring everybody. And that means getting another receiver. So you've got Adams, who got targeted 12 times for 53 yards today. I know he had three touchdowns, but that's not going to cut it to what you said because they took him away to some extent. But you give them Adams, Lazard, Tanya, and somebody else to go with Aaron Jones. Now you're talking.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think maybe, and look, I understand the receiving depth wasn't the problem today, but maybe today will end up being a good thing for the Packers because Goody will see a game like this and say, you know what, our defense isn't getting any better, so we probably just need to focus on the offense and try and outscore people and maybe the loss today motivated him more to go after Will Fuller and and I know they made an actual offer for Fuller so the interest is genuine but the Texans weren't happy with that so maybe they come together something before the Tuesday afternoon deadline you mentioned you know Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith rushing the passer and before we get into your questions I want to touch on this does Preston Smith rush the passer because I haven't really... Well, he, he has at times. He tries to. But you're right. He man, tries right. to. I don't know where and, he's gone. And even Zedarius, look, Zedarius is in the top five in the league in sacks. He has six. But he ranks, last time I checked, I believe in the 40s in pressures. He led the NFL in pressures last year. And we know Mike Smith, the outside linebackers coach, cares way more about pressures than sacks. And quite frankly, they're not getting the job done. You can say whatever you want about sack numbers, but... You know, Zedarius and Preston have wreaked havoc against Kirk Cousins. This offensive line is not good, the Vikings' offensive line. Against Tom Brady a couple weeks ago, the Buccaneers' offensive line is not very good, and they don't sack Brady once and and don't get him to move around at all. The Packers have played very immobile quarterbacks this year in Brady, Breeze, Stafford, um, Cousins. And they're not making that yeah they'll get a sack here and there not against Brady they and Dean Lowry got one today but they're not even making these guys create on the run there are so few quarterbacks in this league who can create on the run like Aaron Rodgers like Patrick Mahomes like Deshaun Watson like Lamar Jackson like Russell Wilson and the quarterbacks the Packers are playing are not them and the fact that the Smiths haven't done a better job at at least pressuring quarterbacks it like where have they gone this year after last year, what happened to them?
2: It's hard to talk today so much because they didn't throw it, but I will say that the last I looked, Breeze and Brady were among the fastest to throw the ball. Um, I think Stafford was, and I got I forget, it was Breeze and Brady and one of the other quarterbacks is among you know, the fastest time to releases. And the guys who are slower to throw the ball, oh, Matt Ryan was the other guy. Right. The guys who are slower to throw the football. Are, and they, they did it. they got legit pressure against Watson. And they got a lot of pressure on Cousins in the opener. Um, so I, I do think some of that is part of it. But that's fair. today, they had no pressure. Again, I realize that Cousins didn't throw the ball a whole lot. But, I mean, he had some third downs where he had to throw the football. And, I mean, he just had a month of Sundays to throw the ball in. And that's your, that's where, your
0: favorite saying.
2: He <laughs> <laughs> just had so much time to throw the ball and. Yeah, the, the Smiths were, were, were AWOL. I mean, Zadarius had a pretty decent tackle on today, but they, those are the, the guys who you're paying money to, they got to come through for sure, and they just have not done that t- to nearly the extent of last season.
0: They do, and, and before we get to questions, let's look at it a little bit to the 49ers. I know we mentioned all the injuries they have, um, but they still have Jarek McKinnon. Who knows if they'll have Tevin, Tevin Coleman back, George Kittle, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, they don't have Nick Bosa and DeForest Buckner, who just dominated the Packers last year, but I think more importantly than the injuries on that side of the ball is what the Packers could be getting back. They could be getting Kirksey back. They could be getting Aaron Jones, Alan Lazard, David Bakhtiari, Raven Green back. Uh, Vernon Scott and, and Will Redmond went out with with shoulder injuries today. You know, this Packers team is one of the best in the league at full strength, and every team has injuries, so that's no excuse, but... You know, Rodgers said it today, and he loves taking these subtle, subtle jabs to let management know what he needs. And he said 13 and 33 coming back would be huge for us. And then he says, you know, last time I stumped for a guy, he ended up in Buffalo saying Jake Kumoro, And he kind of he smirked when he was asked if the Packers need to do anything at the deadline. So, yeah, it, the house of horrors is Levi's Stadium. They lost 37-8 to and 37-20 there last year. But I do think... The Packers could look like a very different team, at least personnel-wise, in four days. Well, not not with let's say they get Will Fuller; he wouldn't be able to play. But you know, if they get Bakhtiari, Jones, Green, uh, Kirksey, and Lazard back, or at least three or four of those guys, I think it could be a completely different team.
2: Jones is huge. I mean, I mean, we all know that. I mean, he's God bless Jamal Williams, or Aaron Jones is leaps and bounds better. Because if there's a hole for Aaron Jones, he might go for twenty or. Eighty you know, and oh and that's just not Williams' game. Uh, he is a legit game changer. So yeah, and, and to get Bakhtiari, I mean Rodgers had a lot of pressure today. I thought there was the Vikings got after him a fair amount, which surprised me because the Vikings
0: have pass no, no pass aren't, rushers aren't there anymore.
2: No pass rushers, as I told Mike Zimmer, you have no pass rushers. <laughs> and but they got after Rodgers pretty well today. So get Bakhtiari back, and now you can one on one against. Look, they got they got a hell of a good pass rush even without Bosa, but. Yeah, getting thirty-three and sixty-nine back would be huge. At least it gives them a fighting chance.
0: Yeah. I agree. All right. Time for the important part. Your question. Phil, right. how many how many we got today?
2: We have a lot, but they all cover the same sort of ground. So all I'll right. do my best to get rid of some of the duplicates here. Um from Brian Peds. Boy, here's a doom and gloom question. Was today a preview of the 2021 Packers? No 33 or 69 due to cap pressure. And he did that his bottom five due to wasted draft capital on players like Gary and Savage.
0: So, so you're Ouch. just assuming that Aaron Rodgers is on the team next year. That's bold. <laughs> um, no, I think, if anything, they'll franchise Tag Bakhtiari at the, at the very least. He'll be on the team next year. Aaron Jones, I don't know. But no Kevin King is possible. Um, it, that's an interesting question. This next stretch of, of a couple months for the Packers will be fascinating because You know, will they keep Rodgers? Will they keep Aaron Jones and David Bakhtiari? What will they do at the trade deadline? You know, this is a very crucial phase for one of the most iconic organizations in sports. And it is a fair question to ask whether next year's team, I don't want to say enters a rebuilding phase, but, you know, starts more so from the ground up than with what they have. So that's a fair question. I still think they get Bakhtiari back. I don't think, if I had to read into my crystal ball, I don't think Aaron Jones is back. Um, I think Jamal could be back, and I think they realized that they could get Jamal for a lot cheaper. And while Aaron Jones is far better than Jamal Williams, I think that they could you know, still get decent production out of Jamal and A.J. Dillon next year. So I think that they'll use that money on you know, Bakhtiari, and Who knows? Maybe they'll re-sign Will Fuller next offseason. You never know what happens. But I think that's a fair question, and it's an interesting one.
2: You know, just you, you mentioned Fuller. He he is on an, an expiring deal. You wonder if they can make the trade there and extend him um, with one of those backloaded deals where he's not paying for much for the rest of this year, right. not playing for much, and then give him a bunch in, in 2023. Um, man, they got to sign Bakhtiari. The rest of these guys, I hate to say they can go, but I mean, Bakhtiari is...
0: Bakhtiari is not expendable, he's as the as other guys get, right? are. He's, as, he's the best he's left tackle in football.
2: Yeah, and they got... You know, six six and $6.5 million dollars of cap space left for this year, and they don't have much for next year, but I would use every penny of this year's cap and then worry about next year, next year, as far as Preston Smith and Amos and those guys. But you, you got to keep Bakhtiari. You're right, I think Williams and Dylan, and you could probably draft a running back. You'll probably be okay there. But yeah, without, without Bakhtiari, man, oh man, this
0: is... No, left, left like tackle r- running backs like Aaron Jones come around every year. Left tackles like Bakhtiari come around every 10 years. Next question. All right, now here
2: you go, right in your wheelhouse. Oh, Can yeah. Green Bay find a D-tackle and wide receiver at the trade deadline, or are fans just grasping at air with that hope? That's from James Schoquist, by the way.
0: Yeah, what I've realized in my uh, year and a half covering the Packers is that when the trade deadline comes around, Packers fans do not have high expectations. They, they have a, a distant hope that their team will do something because they know they need to, but a realistic view that they won't, because that's just not how things operate around here. I know in Goody's time, correct me if I'm wrong, because this was before I covered the team, uh, they got rid of HaHa and Ty Montgomery at the 2018 deadline, didn't acquire anyone, and then last year the only trade they made was getting rid of Trevor Davis, but that was before the season started. This year, they got to go for it. I mean, I think it's a reasonable expectation to think they at least make one move I tend to think going for a wide receiver is more, more believable just because the formula, not only for this team, but across the NFL, is offense wins championships, and it's not defense wins championships anymore. But, look, I, wouldn't, I would be more surprised if the Packers made a move than if they didn't.
2: Yeah, I agree. And receiver, too, I think it's supply and demand. There's a lot of receivers who could be out there. Um, so I, I, think, I think the price becomes cheaper. And you know, um, so you know yeah, who Rodgers wants? I, yeah. Um,
0: Number 18 from the Houston Texans. He wants Randall Cobb back here.
2: Well, I could see, I mean, shoot. I mean, they, they need, they, they're just dying for a slot guy here. I mean, yeah. Devontae Adams is their best slot guy, too, <laughs> which maybe isn't ideal. Um, gosh, I, I forgot the year it was, but the last time the Packers were a buyer at the trade deadline, or at least close to it, I want to say it was like 1995, and Dorsey Levins was out with a broken leg, and they traded for um, – Oh, God, some running back from the—Derek Holmes from the Bills. So we're talking like a quarter century of trade deadlines that's come and gone with no um, acquisitions. That's crazy. So, yes, do you wonder why Packers fans are pessimistic? History. (laughs) Um, From a verified Packer fan, is the only way to beat the Niners for the Pack to get a big lead?
0: That's an interesting point because as we've seen— and today was maybe an exception because when the Packers fall behind big against— the Chargers, the 49ers, the Buccaneers, they just wilt away and die. Today they fought back a little bit, but against a team like the 49ers, wouldn't it be something if the Packers just come out and punched him in the mouth right away and, and they score first? I mean, last year, the way those two games in, in Santa Clara started were Rodgers fumbles on his own goal line, then Tevin Coleman runs it in on the first play of the 49ers drive. That was in the regular season. In the NFC Championship game, if I remember correctly, the Packers actually got a three and out on their first defensive drive, but then all hell broke loose and the 49ers just ran all over them. Then Rodgers fumbles fumbles the snap with Corey Lindsley, and it just kind of goes all downhill from there. I'll preface this by saying all these players are humans, so if the Packers fall behind early, they will automatically start thinking, here we go again from last year, uh, the two times they played at Levi's, but... If they come out and throw the first punch and go up 7 nothing, go up 10-3, go up 14 nothing, I think things change. I think the mindset changes, as cliche as that is. So that would be step one to winning this game, is to throw the first punch and not take it like they did last year.
2: Absolutely right. Um, I know players don't think like we do, because that's why they're players and we're not. But you're, I mean, that, it, is, it is unavoidable. I mean, they got whacked there twice. I mean, even, even think about Tampa Bay this year, their first big short on the year, and they got, they got whacked down there too. So I... I don't, know how, I don't know how you avoid it if you fall behind early. Um, so, yeah, they've they got to get ahead early. And, you know, whether it's Garoppolo or Nick Mullins, I think you feel a lot better um, with those guys throwing the ball and having to deal with whoever's running the football. So, yeah, I, I agree with you, Matt. They, they've they've got to they've feel good about things so early in the game.
0: Nick Mullins right now is 12 for 16 for 157 yards and a touchdown in the fourth quarter alone against the Seahawks.
2: Dang. You know, the Niners have some good receivers.
0: Well, Debo Samuel will be out. Richard Sherman will be out. Uh, They have Brandon Ayuk, the first-round pick. They have Dante Pettis. Um, Listen, you can have me and you and our fantastic producer Danielle playing for the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan's still going to drop something. And Kyle Shanahan just dominates Mike Pettin, and I could see that happening again. But, uh, yeah. Next question. What do we got?
2: We got Ian, the Green Bay Crucible. Boy, I want that. Is that his real name? Do you think? At what point do you move on from Pettin? Seriously, who is the DC if you fire him next week?
0: Yeah, I think that's a fair question because I, I tend to try and stay away from the whole hashtag fire Petten brigade, and because a lot of times that's just the the gut instinct after a bad defensive performance. But Bill, realistically, if we're to, and I'm never going to call for another man's job because I'm not in a position to do so, but if the Packers have a similar performance as they did today against the 49ers, I think his seat starts to get hot. And maybe it already is hot, but reading between the lines and listening to what LaFleur has said after games against the Buccaneers and now the Vikings, he's disgusted with the run defense. And he says, And the biggest indictment of it all is they know exactly what's coming and they can't do anything to stop it. Mike Patton has not been able to properly adjust in games. And maybe it's the personnel he has. Maybe it's just Dalvin Cook is that good. He's a top three running back in the league. But if this happens once or twice more, especially on a short week against the 49ers, I could see LaFleur starting to get the itch to maybe give Dan Quinn a little ring on the bat phone. But obviously that would be next season. I think if I had to guess... And you brought up a good point when we talked about this the other day. Mike Smith is uh, a 4 3 guy, not a 3 4 guy. So who, who, would it, who would it be? It wouldn't be Jerry Gray.
2: Yeah, because yeah, Jerry Gray is the 4 3 guy. So. Right. Um, so it, it's, but I don't know. I mean, so much of NFL's defense is stay there. I mean, everybody just runs nickel. So maybe, maybe the schematic thing doesn't matter. Um, but Jerry Gray, at least he did it with the Bills kind of long ago, and then the Titans relatively, re- relatively recently. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, maybe that. Um, you know, Mike Smith, he was a candidate in Kansas City for the D.C. job and didn't get it, which is why I came here. Um, but, yeah, it's not going to be Dan Quinn because he's been a 4-3 guy his whole time with Atlantis. I don't, I don't, I don't see him, especially bringing in somebody from the outside midseason, that seems almost impossible. Right. Um, I, I guess just Jerry Gray because he knows the mechanics of running a defense, maybe that would be the route to go.
0: That's but a good point.
2: I don't I I, I don't know what Petton's supposed to do. I mean, I understand right. that you got to adjust better, but man, if if you're D-Lyman or who they're feeling opposite of Kenny Clark, I don't know what you're supposed to do. Um I hate to make excuses based on personnel, but man, oh man. That's That's tough when if my ex can't beat your O, oh, what difference is the ex's home? <laughs> exactly. what does make? the exes make? Exactly.
0: That's a thing. I mean, it's impossible if we're not in those meeting rooms and talking to these guys every day to know where the blame truly lies. And yep. so what do we got last question? Then, then we'll wrap this up and get out of here.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of repetitive here, but backcountry wants to know, this is a reply to the firing patent question. He says, once, once he says, or Guttekunst for that matter. And he goes into Guttekunst's history. Now, I don't think they're going to, obviously not going to fire him. Um, that That's all based on Jordan Love. If Jordan Love's a hit, then, Scootie will be here forever, and if he's not, then i will get fired. I just think that's that's it. But I I do think it's a good preface to say that they are where they are with everyone questioning their credentials because of this year's draft, right, Matt? I mean, there's no other way to look at it.
0: Right, and we've said multiple times before, a team that fell one game short of the Super Bowl shouldn't have all these rookies contributing. But the fact that your first-round pick hasn't played, and this is this isn't some Miami Dolphins – Cincinnati Bengals rebuilding year, where the where the rookie quarterback you can just throw him in there and hope for the best. Like this is a team that has a reasonable expectation to win the Super Bowl this year, and I understand it's a GM's job to plan for the future. But if you're s- starting the clock on Aaron Rodgers' final stages here in Green Bay, you got to go for it, and you have a first round pick who hasn't been active yet this year, a second round pick who. Has a nice run every now and then, but he's not impactful. Third-round pick who tore his ACL and is out for the year, which obviously isn't anyone's fault. A fourth-round... Oh, wait. No, they traded their fourth-round pick to move up for their first-round pick. A fifth-round pick who who looks nice. Uh, Two of their sixth-round picks, one of them is on the practice squad. One of them is on NFI still. And the other is John Runyon Jr., who looks like a solid piece for the future. And their seventh-round picks, Jonathan Garvin doesn't play and Vernon Scott should play more. Um, and then you have the undrafted Chris Barnes, who who plays nice. But for as much as these guys needed to improve personnel-wise this offseason, and what, they got Rick Wagner and Christian Kirksey and Devin Funches who opted out in free agency, you would expect more from this draft class.
2: Yep. Um, nobody's ever going to understand this draft, especially and especially if Jordan Love bombs. I mean, it's going to be... Oh, you know, boy. Who to be out of here in no time? But it is... While I understand that his job is to play for today and tomorrow, I, I just, I just still boggles the mind that they traded for a quarterback and then, you know, that fourth round pick that they gave up. That's why they couldn't go up in the second and third rounds to get a receiver. It's amazing when you go back. If you guys want to go look at it, go look at the second and third rounds. There, all the receivers were gone, and it's not just me saying it. You look at the second round after um, two or three picks before Green Bay went in the second round. There's no receivers taken for like 30 picks. Yeah, and it's the same thing with Green Bay in the third round, where um, I think Devin Duvernay went two picks before Green Bay, and there wasn't another receiver taken for like 35 picks. So
0: he's already returned a uh, kickoff it, for a touchdown this year.
2: Yeah, so it's it's not just me saying there's no receivers to take. There, it's the rest of the league agreeing the fact that there's no receivers to take at those spots. But you get rid of your fourth round pick now, you can't be aggressive to ensure that you get one, and now you have what you have now, where you've got. An offense that is just wholly dependent on a couple guys to get things done, and, and the same old defense.
0: That's a good way to put it. Good way to finish it out. Well, listen, it's been—it's always great talking to you guys, but especially we get to express how we're feeling. You guys get to vent with your questions to us after a loss. It's therapeutic. But um, 49ers on a short week, so we will be coming to you Friday morning, late Thursday night, Friday. Well, Friday morning because it's a night game on Thursday. But this will be an interesting one. This is a big time game for the Packers. You know, are they going to fall to five and three and right into the middle of the pack with everyone else, where where they forget about the Packers, or are they going to bounce back and, and exercise their demons from Levi's Stadium? It's going to be fun. We'll see. Don't forget to vote Tuesday, Election Day. Tuesday trade deadline. Things are going to be popping off this week, as always. Read Bill on SI. I'm over at the Athletic, and we'll see you guys later. Thanks for listening.